Hi, and welcome back to the Race Lab podcast. My name is Anthony Reynolds, and as always, I am joined by my Mazepin to my Perez, Oliver Cassidy. Hello. Uh, I'm only like that because I just never see you because I'm so much taller than you. But like Mazepin didn't see. Didn't yeah, but Mazepin isn't tall. Yeah, that, that, quite, didn't, that was quite rude, isn't that, it? That didn't quite work. He's not very tall. <laughs> No. He's slow. So no. you're saying you're no, slow, is I'm... that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Maybe that's more of a comparison. I'm just I'm slow. Okay. Well, the Portuguese Grand Prix was this weekend, and it's fair to say... Was it? Yeah, apparently it was. Um, you know what it reminded me of? Barcelona. It was a... It's a, it's a shame because of... And don't worry, guys, we've got that one coming next week, so we're all good. <laughs> it's a double header of boringness. It's a shame because when you looked at yeah. Portugal last year, it had such great hype around it, and the opening few laps of it was great, but that's because it was mixed conditions. This weekend, however... It... Yeah, you took the mixed conditions out that way, so it was boring. You had Hamilton miles ahead of Bottas, and there was no action. Like the only good bit is that, like I said, is that there's that there's no chicane. Uh, you know, whereas Barcelona has a turn 14, 15 chicane that slows the cars up. Portimao at least has that big swoopy corner, and a car can follow and stay close and then overtake. But it was, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the worst race in the world. There was still some good action. You know, you had obviously Alonso charge through as well as Ricardo. You had obviously Verstappen take Bottas after the um, pit stops, um, and there was also that excitement like the fastest lap. But like I think the problem was that the first two races were very good. You know, obviously we had Max v Lewis in both rounds, but this one's just brought us down a bit back to earth. That you know this isn't this can be a boring sport sometimes. Yeah, the way you look at it, it was boring in comparison to the other races. But in any other season, it was quite uh, just an average race so to speak when you look at it from a yeah, landscape exactly. stuff did happen further back like you didn't see half the moves that Daniel Ricciardo made and he yeah, made no. he made a lot of overtakes so we it, saw a couple Alonso did but yeah it was nice to see him have a good race Alpine were very good yeah so where do we start with this so you have Hamilton who won it absolutely dominated it he fell back a bit after the safety car he fell back behind Verstappen as well. Back with, yeah, behind Verstappen, but then he charged back through and got first place. Nothing significant there. And then you had Verstappen and Bottas. Um, it was just average between them as always. It's just like any other race in twenty in twenty twenty between those two. It was just fairly average. There was the interesting battle of the fastest lap towards the end, where everyone was pitting onto soft tires. Uh, in the top four yeah so it makes the gap because you look at the gap I think Hamilton won by about was it like 29-30 seconds yeah he he chose it, it wasn't as yeah they all made an extra pit stop so tell you that out it would have only been a few seconds yeah because um, remember... you know Max won by 30 seconds the other race you know but yeah I mean I remember him saying on the radio when it was like uh, he said Bottas and Verstappen have pitched for stop for softs the fastest lap and I was like, oh, okay, should we do it? And then, and then Bono went, do you want to do it? And he just went, nah. And then just carried yeah. on, which I found quite yeah. quite, uh, quite. And then funny. obviously there was the comical bit when Hamilton 
told um, when he overtook Perez, blue flags, and then he got awkwardly told, no, that's a position. Yeah, it, it was that confident, which is quite amusing. Well, it was um, top four, not much happened. Then you had Norris in P5. Um, I mean, Perez P4, he did a great stint on those medium tyres, 53 laps, mm. which I found quite amusing because... Um, there was a video by a certain big YouTube channel called Donut Media that said, why can um, F1 tyres only last 50 laps? Which is quite amusing. <laughs> and then he goes and does 53 <laughs> on a set of mediums. Um, so, you know, he He's did... always good with that, though, Perez. He's always good with preserving tyres. Yeah. He did it at Racing Point. He did it at Sauber in particular, I remember, with that 2012 season. He's very mm. good on tyres one thing I didn't quite understand is he got driver of the day I don't see what I, I, I think there's a thing behind did, this was the problem was I'm pretty sure I saw this reddit tiktok stuff where they wanted to get Mazepin to get driver of the day yeah I saw this as well and part, uh, yeah I think we all saw it um, it would have been great I'm just saying I didn't vote for him. I didn't. I didn't actually I reckon, vote. I reckon Mazepin actually won it, and then the F1 media were a bit panicky that yeah. they were going to start World War Three, or you know. Yeah, because Mazepin. So I think they just panicked and thought, uh, 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 Perez, you know. To to be fair, it was an incredible performance to finish a minute behind your teammate, and you know. I it was a minute. It was a minute. Oh, Mazepin. Mazepin. Oh, I you meant Perez. No, Mazepin. No, Mazepin. Yeah, obviously, I don't know why they took it away from him. You know, he blocked everyone. Latifi was the one that got peed off it in this time. Yeah. Um, was it just Latifi? Oh, well, obviously Perez was. Yeah. Um, only two enemies today, and he only had a couple of spins. Maybe by so the end well of the done, season, he will have enemies at every single team. So, you know, it will be impressive. But realistically, we will see him next year. There's no other way you can put it. He will be on the grid next year. Unfortunately, the way he'll be things, on the grid in years to come, and the way things the looking, you can the way you look at it, you can hope that he'll get better with time. No, 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 no. you can hope that he. My hope is that he, he. You can hope he gets worse, and then the FIA will just have to do. Yeah, something he doesn't meet it. like the hundred and ten percent or whatever it is of lap time. Yeah, he's going to be the new Narain Carter or something. <laughs> Even though at least was a lovely guy and never annoyed anyone or did stupid stuff. Borderline I mean, really apart from he got stuff. called a cucumber by Sebastian Vettel, but you know, <laughs> that he did, didn't he? he did yeah. get called a cucumber. Classic. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So there was Perez P4, Norris P5. Um, then you had was it Leclerc, Leclerc, Leclerc P6? I mean, there was Leclerc, the two Alpines, Ricardo Gasly. Yeah, in the top ten. Just outside the point. Let's just say the Alpine really turned it around this weekend. They had a very strong showing, is the way to put it. Yeah, Alpine were desperately poor. Not only Barre, but Imola in particular. You know, they were they were the slowest car behind uh, ahead of Haas. Yeah, you know they 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 were slower than Williams that weekend. Um, So yeah, I don't know what to make of. Alpine. Yeah. I don't know whether it was just a lucky weekend or whether they've just bought some. It looks like they've just bought some good up, upgrades. Yeah, it's like um, what went wrong in the f- first two races, so to speak, to then make them as quick as they were. 
because it yeah very I mean, it interesting. Looks like Alonso sort. I know he finished behind Ocon, but you know Alonso qualified a bit lower down. He he um you know it was a good good show for the Alpine team. I think a well needed showing, or else they were going to be in trouble. When you look at it and you see that Alonso made that charge through the field, it's good to see that he's finally getting back into the groove of things again, and he's yeah. making his way. And the rate that they upgraded that car, it wouldn't surprise me. They're going to be winning next week. <laughs> yeah, just he's going to be. It's going to be him and Sainz on the podium, one and two. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. It's definitely not a Mercedes biased track whatsoever. It's just, you know, it's going to be a great race. Uh, yeah, so it's good to see Alpine are back up on the pace. Um, obviously, then we can talk about Leclerc, who just had kind of just an average race. He didn't really gain or lose too much. Yeah, he well, just he consistent. gained a little bit compared to his, you know, obviously it was his teammate was the one that lost big time, losing... Yeah, well, he started fifth, didn't he? Yeah, it's all down to strategy. He he suffered on those mediums more than Norris did. Admittedly, he did do a few laps more, yeah. but he suffered quite a lot on those mediums. Unfortunately, yeah, it looked it. Um, yeah, it's a shame, but I'm not being funny. I know he finished eleventh, but Carlos would be pleased. I was so impressed with his qualifying. Yeah, but, he, you know, he did he was, a very good job. He's qualified P nine. He's picked. With, yeah. He's picked up that Ferrari very, very well. He's done a very good job in yeah. like it's getting used well, to it. Because I think everyone was a bit worried for Carlos when he moved to Ferrari. Yeah, because uh, they didn't know what Ferrari was going to be well. like this year. So it's it was interesting uh, to see that. Yeah. Uh, but one person we need to talk about in that top ten is Daniel Ricciardo, who had a very poor well, qualifying he sort of saved the weekend with a p9 finish which says everything doesn't it yeah it, it when people saw that qualifying it was begging the question everyone was saying is he as good as he is made out to be because if well, science can so you've got to yeah. give him time you've really got to give because the question was time, science picked it, up that ferrari very well perez has picked up the red bull very well and so it begs the question about him as in whether he was as good as everyone said he was I know he is because I'm a Ricardo fan hashtag fanboy I'm just a Formula 1 fan I know he is so it's um, it was good to see him make that charge back through the field yeah um, and then it was, it was it was it was it was it's so it's so hard because I I assume like obviously they've moved to Mercedes power. Ricardo's moved to Mercedes power, but so's Lando. And you, you're looking at Lando right now. Another P5 finish. Finished P5. Got P3 at Imola. Got P4 or P5 in P4 at Bahrain. Bahrain. He is on four. So he sits very comfortable in the standings compared to Ricardo. Yeah. It sort of begs the question that is he going to be under pressure in Spain? I mean, in particular, be his big one will be Monaco because we all know how good he is around Monaco. But Monaco is a very different track to anything that they have done so far. Um, yeah, that's very true. So it would be interesting. Yeah, it, honestly, if he gets to race seven and he isn't getting up to the pace of Lando, then it does beg the question, what is going on? Because obviously every car that yeah. he's driven has been very different to the McLaren. He has said that, and it takes time to learn it, which we all understand. The team have said they're going to do everything that they can to try and make it as easy for him. But there comes a line where it's either it's easy to work with, 
or it's just completely changing a car from what it is and making it completely different. So it's tough to see and we'll see what happens with that in due course. Um, then yeah, well, it's an interesting one because, like, do you sit, do you, like, I'll ask you this question. Do you think that there's a difference in the car performance between Lando and Daniel or do you think it's equal? Cause, I think cause it's equal. Because then you sit there and think, do you think that Lando might have a bit of a nicer car? No, I, I don't think this. Think there will it's be questions equal. that. I think it's equal because, like, when you look at Imola, even though Norris made that mistake in qualifying, Ricardo qualified ahead of him when you look at it. Yeah, like, but I on, the, limits, on those, No, but on those two laps that he did, uh, him and Ricardo were on the same pace. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That because yeah. So it's just it's, it's just Ricardo needs to find those few extra. And then actually, tenths. the question of do you think that maybe at Renault he had a nicer car because we've all seen the Netflix series about how much they wanted to treat Daniel well. Yeah, and then he it makes you beg the question: maybe, you know, maybe he just had a. Yeah. I don't want to say they, it or suggest it, but maybe he had a nicer. Uh, the car was built more around him at Renault. Yeah, compared to McLaren, where I'd say the car's built more around Lando, but then give it a, a year or two, then and Daniel understands the team, and the team understand Daniel. That car might be more suited towards him and his style without affecting Lando too much. Yeah, it's it's just adapting, so to speak, which is the exactly main issue out of this. And then there was well Pierre Gasly, who he got a point, yeah. It was a... I don't know what to say. It was just an average race for Pierre, I think. I mean, just Alpha Tower in general, with obviously Yuki finishing yeah. 15th. Yuki, was, Yuki said when he was going through that weekend he wasn't feeling confident because he didn't know the track. Uh, and it showed, because in yeah, qualifying he wasn't that showed, quick, sadly. Which was very unfortunate. But, yeah, it was just an average weekend for the entire team. Yeah, was, there was a lot of the midfield teams that had... You know, I think we noticed that, obviously, we had... Ferrari, McLaren, Alpha Tauri quite higher up in the order, whereas teams like Alpine, I know they didn't get close, but Aston Martin are a little bit better, you know, although they they had a bit of a shocker as well, didn't they? Yeah. Aston. They've, well, in, they've really struggled on this year's car. Yeah, in the race they struggled a lot. In qualifying yeah. Stroll struggled a lot. But Vettel, Vettel got Q three though. Q three and got P ten and then drops down the order. So, yeah, it <laughs> swings and roundabouts really with Aston Martin, but um, it was in, it was definitely an unfortunate series of events. And you've got to think about Williams, who, as well, who like looks so strong in quality again with George Russell qualifying P11, and yeah. then he just vanished, yeah, just dropped, because he said that the car's awful at following other cars around this circuit, and it showed because it literally that he just vanished the moment he was behind a car, he just vanished. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate for Williams, considering the strength they did show in Imola. Well, they were so close to Q3. Yeah. They were so, so close. And, yeah, it just... Just so close, but... I just I just can't see them sneaking any points anytime soon. They just no, the, they need a, a bit of a, a crazy miracle race. Yeah. Like the, they should have had in Imola, but... yeah. The issue that they had is that, uh, well, they're going to have this weekend coming into Spain. 
is that it's obviously a very similar circuit and it'll have quite a similar setup. It's going to so be very speak. similar. So they're going to have the same issue again and they're going to struggle to follow cars. They're going to have I mean, brilliant... The difference is you saw that a lot of drivers were struggling with uh, with grip, you know, especially on the front end, losing, you know... Yeah. Losing, you know, front end grip was quite a struggle at Portimao, whereas um, we all know Barcelona that it's a high grip yeah track. it rips um, through your tires it'll if be you... sort of easy to follow but then that chicane just ruins it yeah but they've changed the hairpin so that's good the... yeah they've, they've only ch- they've changed one of two overtaking zones so we only have one now i know it's ridiculous they've made it into haven't they basically just gone onto the old layout where it was a more round it basically corner. goes the old motor gp layout yeah it's sort of just a bit in between where it's sort of it makes that um the turn after it is it turn 10 turn 11 whatever it is yeah not as um, sharp the, that right hand the swoopy right yeah. hand a bit it makes it a bit more um makes it a bit uh well, wider and a wider yeah it's irritating because they yeah no they need to get rid of that chicane i mean they kept the chicane they put the chicane in to slow the cars down because when they did it the cars didn't have as much grip as they do now and like when you look at it, you have a corner round Portimao which they'll allow them to go round, but they use the chicane. It's the same bloody corner. Yeah, <laughs> if anything, like it's, it's slower when you go round mm. the uh, that corner because it's a lot sh- it's a lot sharper and a lot shallower. Yeah. Well, not shallower, but it's a lot sharper and not as wide uh, in terms of like length of a corner. So. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, obviously the teams that are left to talk about Aston Martin who had a shocker. We've already said that. There's Haas, who... Wonderful uh, weekend. Wonderful weekend for Schumacher. And Mazepin got his first point. Penalty point, but it's point nonetheless. Point. And, well, that is all that could really be said about the weekend. It was average. I mean, Alfa Romeo as well. Don't Alfa forget Mayer. the mighty Alfa Romeo. Oh, yeah, the one incident of <laughs> Raikkonen just playing the back of the race, Anthony. You forgot about it. That's how boring the race was, is I forgot about the one incident, okay? Now, it was um, it was a bit of a rookie error by Raikkonen, wasn't it? That's just mm. the one way to put it. He even admitted his, it was his fault. Yeah, because, like, you look at it, Giovinazzi was driving in a straight line. There's no other way you could put it. He was just driving in a straight line, and Raikkonen went, you know what, I'm going to try yeah. and give him a puncher. Yeah, exactly. So... It was just... Uh, yeah, it was a bit silly, but... Silly mistake. Yeah, it caused a bit of drama. You know, but he was just like, yeah, it's my fault. In his, as blunt yeah. way as possible, because it's Kimi Raikkonen. <sighs> anyway, the all-important, what would you rate this race out of 10? I mean, what did I rate Imola? Did I... I, I, I forgot what I gave it was, that one. It was like uh, I think we gave it. I think I gave it like a 9. Yeah, you gave it, like quite, that, it was quite high. This... This one, I'm I'm giving it a three. Yes, yeah. it, it was. It's not the category of a one because there was. It's not Sochi category. It's not France. You know, it's not that bad. Um, but because there were some overtakes and there was some decent action and the actual track itself, like we said, is lovely. The the elevation change that track is lovely. Yeah, it's a spec to watch. It's really nice. So I'll give it a three on that. Yeah, you know, the, the points up on that. What about you? I'm going to give it a four, just because in four. any other season this would just be considered an average race. 
when you look at it yeah. if you compared it to other races this would just be an average race it's just because of the two races that went before it it was uh, that's what made it seem like just a really dull race which it wasn't yeah in any other season it wouldn't be a dull race it would be actually quite an entertaining race but it's it's just average is what I have taken away from it well yeah that's fair enough well, we've spoken about Portimao. Now let's look forward to Spain, which is this weekend. We've spoken a bit about Spain, it already. But the S is silent, Anthony. Exactly. Sorry. What I'm saying. Sorry. We're going to Pain in Barcelona. Well, not in Barcelona, but a bit out of Barcelona. We've been there. As we know, it's it's a very it, nice. Like it's a very nice circuit, to be fair. It is nice, even though we, when we went in 2019, it was the most boring race in hell. It was very nice to yeah. watch. Wasn't so what, it? We didn't even see the one incident that happened because there was a hill in the way. No, we didn't. It was at our corner eye. Yeah. The Lando The Lando stroll, stroll incident. And there was a hill in the way of the first corner, so we couldn't actually see it, which is a Bobby shame. Hills. <laughs> but it was great. But, um, we got to see Schumacher blow up. We saw. <laughs> yeah, he spun in front of us, didn't he? You know, yeah. you know, we're big Mick, big Mick fans, and we gave him the nice curse. Yeah, it was it was great. We took a photo of his car <laughs> as it was in a wall. So you know, it was um. Yeah, that's, yeah, in a wall. Yep. So when we talk when we talk about this race, then we've already said that the track layout isn't going to help it. It's going to be very similar to Portugal, if not worse. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The the only little decent factor we can add in is that Max struggled with the grip levels, yeah? Yeah. At Portimao, you can see that. If he didn't look, go wide because of lack of grip, he would have got pole and he could have got a fastest lap and you never know, he could have won the race. You know, he could. So I, I'm in that stupid delusional head that, you know, it could be closer between Max and yeah, Lewis. Yeah, it could be a different Spain. Ball, and what will be curious, this is the first time we've, we've ever headed to Barcelona without, without testing there. Uh, without um, testing. Yeah. Which you say that, but we tested at Barcelona for this year and it was a great race. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, uh, Bahrain, sorry, uh, this year and it was a great race. No, but um, yeah, it, we can hope that. Definitely, because of how close the Red Bulls are to Mercedes, it could be close, and because the grip will be there as well, um, it we it'll be. I think it'll definitely be a different Bahrain to what we've seen. Is definitely a way. Uh, I keep saying get in the wrong place. Barcelona. Bahrain. Tour. I wish it was Bahrain. <laughs> Give me the alpha loop, please. No, um, it'll be definitely a different Barcelona. I think how different will be hard to tell. Yeah, it could be. It could just be more boring. I like to think when you don't add testing into it, it will be more exciting. So I, I'm literally sitting there. I'm only saying this because yeah. I've got my first weekend off from work in absolutely ages. I can watch the whole race weekend. So I'm really hoping it's just going to be a good one. But yeah, I'm a bit scared that it's going to be see, a bit of a I'll try, I'm watching the race, obviously, but. Formula E's doing the full Monaco layout, so I'm pretty excited for that. So I'll be watching some of that this weekend. Well, I said they don't run out of electricity. That is true. <laughs> oh, that race. Go, oh, that race was... Uh... Yeah, let's not talk about that. That's... Uh... Yeah, my, my poor Jaguars. For context, in Formula E a couple of weeks ago, 
They they all ran out of electricity because they and had a stupid time five, They took electricity from the safety finished. car, something yeah. like that. If they basically got the maths wrong. There's a lot of maths behind it, and the steward, so to speak, got the maths wrong. Let's just put it that way. But we're not talking yeah, about they, Formula they, they had the same math skills as me, who scraped a C. Yeah. If not worse. Um, so, I'm talking about the stewards having worse math skills. I'd just like to clarify, not you. You're great at maths, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank <laughs> you. I know my isosceles. Isosages? Those things, the triangles. Tri- those things, the triangles, yeah. No, so, it'll be. we can hope that it'll be a better race because... It'll be good. But one thing they I do have to say about Barcelona is they do struggle to follow, I find. Because a lot of the corners are... Well, let's pretend they don't do that. Let's pretend they actually in. just want to race each other. Yeah, we'll find out. Williams will struggle again because of that fact. Um, we can hope. Well, what's your top three then? My top three, top three? Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. There's, You're exciting, aren't you? I know. Hey, Are you ready for this it's, year? It's going to be Max Hamilton Perez. Oh, spicy. I'm saying it. I mean, if I wanted to be realistic, I would say Alonso, Sainz, Mazepin, if I was being realistic for a top three. But, you know, we've got, we've yeah, got to change let's, things let's, up. Let's push out the boat. Let's make it a bit interesting. Let's make it a bit Hamilton interesting. Max, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the record no, of most. I'm calling it now. One of those three won't be on the podium because I'm sick and tired of seeing that same bloody Harry Potter meme. Yeah. <laughs> bloody McGonagall saying, "Why is it always you three? It's Max Lewis and Bottas." <sighs> sick and tired of that bloody meme coming up every single race. Some would say so it's, it's iconic, and some would say it it's is iconic, but it's, 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 it's literally every single race. So we need we need someone else to do the deed and yeah Perez and get on the podium. It would be good to see Perez on there. It will also good to possibly see Norris on there. Um, but yeah, because uh, I think if you look at it, they look like they struggled with grip as well at um, Portugal, and because they'll, they'll probably be up there. So I reckon they could be battling for that third place with Norris, and uh, I reckon Ricardo will be looking at like mid top ten. I reckon hopefully. Like yeah. a solid seventh or something like that for McLaren. But yeah, top three, I'm saying Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. But I'll be close between Bottas, Perez and Norris, I reckon. Okay. Because now that it's been the first two races, Hamilton is just going to start walking away with a championship, is what I see. I wouldn't say that. No, no, don't, don't say that. <laughs> no, it will be fine. Max will get his foot down and he'll prove us all wrong in Barcelona. Yeah. If he, all I'm saying, if he doesn't win in Zandvoort, I'm going to be very disappointed. I don't. I really hope he wins there. It's like, I hope he That's wins hope. there. I hope Norris gets a podium in at Silverstone. I hope... Danny Rick gets his act together and gets a podium in uh, Melbourne. I hope Perez gets a podium in Mexico. I hope the Ferrari get on the podium in Italy. Because they need it. And life is all good. That's that's what we want. But it won't happen, but it's what we want. So, and obviously Mazepin to win at Sochi. It has to happen. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. That, that's going to happen anyway. We don't need to worry about yeah, that one. There's de- yeah, it's going to happen at 100%. So looking forward to Spain, it's probably going to be quite similar to Portugal, I reckon, which is good because that'll be better than every other Spain that we've had. So 
Yes. Or we can hope for a 2016. It's, it's that's what we can hope for. But let's hope Hamilton and Bottas. I yeah. thought I, I know we have we didn't talk about it when Hamilton overtook Bottas. I really thought they were going to hit each I other. I thought Bottas was going to drive into him. We're, we're waiting for them to hit each other now. Yeah. yeah look, Hamilton and Rosberg have done it plenty of times. Max done it with Ricardo at yeah. Red Bull. All, Come on. All I'm saying Marjorie, is take out Lewis. Imagine if Drive to Survive was a thing in 2016. Imagine how dramatic that would be. Yes. And admittedly, it would be scripted a lot of it, obviously, because or and changed around like they did with this season quite noticeably. Yeah. But imagine how awesome that would have been as a drive to survive. Uh, any, cool. Anyway, new. There's a lot of news that's happened this uh, last few weeks. Formula One. Um, well, the sprint races, obviously. But first, I want to talk about Roman Grosjean, who has been confirmed he is going to be driving at the French Grand Prix, testing for Mercedes, which right. I am so excited about. Nice of them. Very nice touch. Yeah. Uh, Lewis also was going to do it last year, didn't he? And he has stuck to his guts. Yep. And they, what would be, what would be quite fun is if he, he does a faster lap time in Lewis's car. Yeah, mid-season, Bottas is kicked out. <laughs> Everything's going to be George Russell. Nope, Roman Grosjean. Not Russell. Grosjean Russell taking the Williams seat. And Grosjean goes to Merck. Yeah. Uh, that would, but it would be good to see Grosjean back in the sport one last yeah, in front of his home as well and then he's having an official test isn't he afterwards because yeah, he's doing it in the W10 so the 2019 yeah. car I think so yeah so obviously they weren't allowing them to use the W11 I don't know what the regulations are behind using I think the regulations are you can test but using a two year old car so. yeah so and that's why if you watch Ferrari's story, you constantly see him driving around. He's the, a 2018 yeah, 2018 one. The good one. Well, the one that's left and not the in Charles Leclerc's car park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's so, not talk about that. He's the one that should have won the championship. The one that should have won. The one that got away. So, yeah, that's really good to see. Photos of him in Stoffel Van Dorn's race suit. Race suits, yeah. <laughs> Which is quite amusing. Uh, it's, good to, it's good to see. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him drive around. Um, the best track in the world. Best track in the world. They li- that's oh, the thing that annoys me. We're going to take a little talk about France. That's annoys me. They have everything's tarmac. They could literally do anything with that circuit to make it better, and they don't. Get rid of the chicane. Look, we're talking about chicanes again. Just get rid of every chicane in the whole world. Make add more heavy make braking it. zones. Do a tilco and just put more heavy braking zones in there. It will fix the problem. You just need to get rid of the chicane at Paul Ricard, and you just yeah. plummet through the middle. Plummet through the middle. It'd literally just be like IndyCar NASCAR. They constantly switch down the straight. Just let everyone activate yeah. their DRS, and it'll just be constant overtakes and crashes. And then instead of the left right hander, put in like uh, the swooping right hander. Put in a heavy braking zone. Problem solved. Because. Right. We'll take, well, we'll take sorry guys, the, me and Anthony are off to design racetracks now. Yeah. Uh, Tilka, we're covered for you. I'll only want £20 an hour. I'm nice and cheap. Yeah, nice and cheap, and we'll do it. Do a very good job and build organic racing zones with long left handers that go really well. I'm definitely not talking about Sochi yes. here. Well, now let's talk about sprint races, which. 
has mixed reviews, so to speak. So how it's going to work is that they're going to have two practice sessions, one on the Friday, one on the Saturday. But then there's also going to be a qualifying on, Sat on Friday afternoon that determines the grid for the Saturday sprint race, race, which will then, which is 100 kilometres of, of a race. So about, so about half an hour race. So similar to like a sprint race in uh, Formula 2. Formula 2. And then that grid is going to determine the grid for the Sunday race. And what is your view on it, Anthony? It is interesting, I would say. It's good that they've reduced the amount of free practice sessions and they're introducing yeah, free like practice at the Park Ferme on the Friday qualifying, which is brilliant. Um, so they have a lot less time to develop, so setups could go horribly wrong, which I so think is fantastic. Well, there's only one practice session, because the, the second practice session is after Park Ferme conditions. Yeah, I think they're, changing, I like they're like allowing lot. some stuff to lift for those Park Ferme, like a few things in practice two, but they have to be restored for the sprint race, or something like that, I yeah, read somewhere. Yeah, doesn't know, by the way. If anyone doesn't know, part Ferme is after qualifying, they call it part Ferme, which is where you can't change basically most of your car setup. You have yeah. to stick with the same setup you've got. And they, uh, from now, they have three sessions, three, it's about, was it like 90 minutes and 60 to 60 minute ones sessions. No, it's, it's now just three one hour sessions, isn't it? Or three one hour or two hours. three one hour sessions, yeah. yeah. To have three hours to set it up, whereas this would only give them an hour, which, and we've seen it where they've had to, um, because of rain, they've had no practice sessions. The uh, racing's actually been very good. So hopefully it's spiced up the racing. They're only doing it, uh, I think they said, they haven't confirmed this yet, but they say Silverstone. Silverstone has been Brazil. confirmed. Silverstone's been confirmed. Um, I don't and know. And I feel like, because... Bearing in mind that I'm heading hopefully to Silverstone this year, I like it because it. First of all, they only go give it a try, and if it goes bad, like that stupid time qualifying, then they'll get rid of it. Yeah. But they're trying something different to see if they can attract more fans. If it makes better racing, then I'm all for it. Um, yeah. Because things have to. I know people don't like it, but things have to slowly adapt and change in modern sport, whether you like it or not. With you know, see football, VAR. Even not even that, like goal line technology, and you know, you look in cricket when they've bought in DRS. You've got to, you know, you've got to keep up with. You can't just keep traditions going. Obviously, yeah. you don't want to get rid of the whole tradition. You know, like a ninety-minute game in football or something. But you still got your Sunday race. No matter what happens, you have got your Sunday race, and not even touching that. They're not changing that at all. If it changes, is where they start. And I'm not being funny. It should be. It just potentially spices it up a little because there's no mandatory pit stops. There's no yeah. tire. And then it is, it is literally that sprint race is going to be everyone gunning it. Uh, I'll yeah, the way it is a sprint it. race. It's a, you know, and it reminds me of Monza uh, last year at Monza when there was the red flag. You had um, people on different tires. You had I remember you had Raikkonen on a soft tire, who was second at one point. Um, at the start and was charging, but then lost, you know, his tires wore out because he was on soft tires and the medium runners overtook him. 
be to that gamble. And I feel like you're going to get that in the sprint race with a team like someone like Raikkonen or even a, even a McLaren. A McLaren or a, you know, a Ferrari might go onto a soft tyre, try and get a good result, but then it's the gamble of you might start lower down on Sunday, but then there's still points up for grabs here. There's three points of first place in the sprint race, two points of second, one um, point for third. First, yeah, to ultimately um, liven things up. Um, it's, it's, I, think it's, I think it's good. Yeah, there's not going to be a podium. It's going to be similar to uh, qualifying where they'll get like fir- first place will get something, right, yeah. but there's not a podium, so to speak. So like you get a tire or something, whatever it is. Yeah, so this won't count to anyone. If let's say if anyone wins, that does not count as a race win. They're yeah. saying that it doesn't count to a record. So it's a qualifying you know, pole position, basically, is the best. Which is way nice because you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want people winning because you know. Yeah. So, so I'm all for it. It would be good. They're going to try it out, and if it doesn't work, it then doesn't we work. Go back to and what then, it is. Yeah, it's always because remember, it's not the entire season uh, that they're doing it in. They're only doing it in a few races, and they've confirmed it. It's not like the timed qualifying thing that they did, uh, where they just said we're yeah, just going to do this, and it didn't work. But ultimately, it's good. It like I saw a video on YouTube, and it was like it's good to have these changes. And they also said like tracks where um, qualifying and racing isn't a possible thing, they could introduce different things there. And they said something like a one shot for Monaco. So it's like yeah. you have one lap. How amazing would that be? Like, change yeah. it round change the driver's skill even more yeah. so they can do sprint races that they can do a normal qualifying session and they can do a, a one shot yeah do it do it like that it's similar like when you look at Formula E um, and With like super pole super pole and it's a one shot they literally have one lap if you qualify like the top six you have one lap to get pole go for it um, which yeah. I think is a really fun idea so it's definitely, I think, something that is always good to have changed. The race will always stay the same, however you look at it. I mean, you know, it could be interesting if, like, they didn't have a qualifying for the sprint race and, like, they did a reverse grid based off of the championship. I think that could be quite amusing, but because it would be mass appearing in pole, yeah. <laughs> which I think would be hilarious. Yeah, I'm happy they didn't do a reverse one, though, because that makes it a bit too gimmick-like. Yeah, I, I think... That makes it... That yeah. makes that, I'm happy. I know people are a bit, oh, why haven't we got a reverse grid like they were talking about? But Is it, ultimately, like you, it no, would be gimmicky. Gonna, no disrespect, yeah. Sport, you don't want, I'm going to say, you don't want the losers winning in sport. Like, that's, you, yeah. you want you want the winners to win fairly. Yeah. And just because they're winning, it's not fair that Lewis Hamilton takes pole and wins. Okay, we'll throw him at the back. You know, that's not fair. Yeah. Because then, and then you're also going to have people that will try and come, you know, try and work out, oh, should we finish a bit last here? No, it should be going first. So yeah. I'm happy they've done that. But yeah, I mean, everyone, it would be... It changed. When, when the new owners came in, when Bernie left, and obviously it's now Stefano Domenicali, and yeah, it was Liber- Liber- Liberty Carey, Media. They, they, yeah. Everyone wanted change, and they're bringing change. So let's praise them for bringing in change, because Bernie was never going to bring in change. So let's just... Let's just look at this as a good moment that they're 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 listening to fans. Yeah, it's ultimately it's a very good thing to see, um, and it could be if this works, they might try different things as well with the qualifying formats at, at different circuits. Yeah. So, like for example, one shot at Monaco, or like maybe a 
Azerbaijan they do it based off of straight lines I don't know but that's a stupid suggestion but you get the idea though they because if this works they can spice things up with qualifying because as long as the race doesn't change it will generally make yeah. things a lot more interesting in the championship as well so it is definitely a good thing to see and we are now briefly going to talk about the MotoGP uh, at Jerez. Jack Miller won. Jack Miller finally won, and Quattararo vanished somehow. He just got- he had no. He had arm pump injury. Um, for people who don't know what arm pump is, it's basically how you can turn the bike. I think it's sort of like it's, you obviously you, you use a lot of like your arm to help move over to the side of the bike and turn and. Uh, Quattararo just lost that and it basically goes all numb from what I've heard it goes all numb and you cannot feel anything so it's so hard uh, and Quattararo had surgery um, successful surgery so will hopefully be fit for Le Mans wait Quattararo's racing but, oh yeah now they do the Bugatti circuit whatever it's called don't they they do the yeah don't when you said when, when you said Le Mans I was like wait what he's doing the 24 hours <laughs> Like, no, no the Bugatti circuit. Yeah, the Bugatti circuit. Okay, but, yeah, no, so... Um, yeah, so Ducati got their first win at Jerez since 2000... Oh, pardon me. Let me do that again. So Ducati got their first win at Jerez since 2006. Their first one two since 2018. And Bagnaia now leads the championship by three points. Yeah, so and the only, though, only way you can put it is Miller dominated. He dominated that race, uh, I think. Yeah, he did. It, it, like, obviously, Quattararo would have won it if it wasn't for the injury, but yeah. Miller was going to be a comfortable second no matter, and he led a lot of the laps beforehand. Um, yeah, really strong, and he needed that because we saw how much Miller was struggling. He had he crashed in Portimao, and then he had two difficult results in Qatar. And yeah. even then, I know Bagnaia did well, but you know that Ducati should have won. They were expecting to win both races in Qatar. Um, yeah. And they weren't expecting to win in Jerez, so it's a bit of an odd one, but it's going to all to play for heading into Le Mans. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It was a um, it was a good race at the front, definitely. Mark Marquez had a bit of a... was bouncing in and out of he the top ten. He had two big crashes. He had one big crash in uh, free practice at turn yeah. seven, and he had another one at turn four, which is where he had his injury, where he got his injury from last year. So, um but yeah. both uh, both Repsol Hondas finished ninth and tenth, which doesn't sound like a win, but they both stayed off the floor, which yeah, is a which is the most important big win. Yeah, so he's taking time to recover, definitely. Uh, but he's getting yeah. point finishes, ultimately. He's getting the points finishes, like you said. That's the main thing. He's got yeah. to just keep plugging away. The championship probably won't come this year, even though it's still to play for. It's still only yeah. four rounds in. I say, but give it can, two years. Just, I hear he'll be back on form. I reckon. Yeah, he'll this be, season he needs and to next build season. up his momentum. He needs to take a couple of wins this year, you know, later on in the year, build up for 2022 for yeah. a title charge. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, that, well, we're going to also briefly talk about the IndyCar as well, where Grosjean wasn't, Texas. Yeah, Grosjean wasn't racing this weekend because of his contract. Means no, he doesn't do he the He doesn't ovals. do ovals for obvious reasons. Um yeah, so race one was dominated by Scott Dixon. Yep, he did an absolutely Ahead of fellow drive. New Zealander Scott McLaughlin, who's a rookie, first ever oval, and he came second, which is scarily impressive. Yeah, it was very good. Um, it was a bit of a well, no, slow burn. When race, you say McLaughlin much. is a rookie, he's a rookie to IndyCar. <laughs> Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, he's a yeah yeah. Let me be. A, I, that's a bit disrespectful. He's a three-time V8 Supercar champion. Exactly. Um, one bar first. Um, but yeah, really impressive. Still though, race one wasn't. There was a couple of incidents. Bourdais got hit by Newgarden. Um, not too much else. But race two was very interesting. There yeah. was a big crash at the start because of there was. It was a bit like the Magello of last Mugello year. Magello incident. The leader yeah. didn't, go as quickly as the back markers fought. So one of the back markers, Fittipaldi, put his foot down a bit and then had to break and then everyone behind him hit him. McLaren. Yeah. His first win. Which is his um, first win. He now gets a test in the F one car. Yes, Marina. Which is awesome. Um, Wait, is he is he doing the young drivers test or is he just doing a? Uh, I think it'll be young drivers test at the yeah. end of the year at Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So you know, which is good to see. That's what I love about Zach Brown is that he rewards their drivers for getting podiums and winning results. stuff, results like that. Like Daniel Ricciardo getting to drive his like heroes. It's not and, and most bosses just do money, yeah, but money doesn't give you F one tests or Dale Earnhardt's NASCAR. You yeah. Know? And so it's like, what's important buy. to them? And he's like, what would you want to do if you want a podium? Like, I want a holiday to the Maldives. Like, yeah, if you get a podium, I'll buy you a holiday to the Maldives. It's something like that. So, you know, yeah, exactly. it's something that, because yes, money has value, but it's the value of the experiences for those drivers that means more, which is so yeah. good to see that Zach Brown does those things for them. He, uh, Zach Brown is just a cool boss, is what I've learned. He just cool seems like boss. a very cool boss. Even if you make a mistake, he's like, it's cool. So, you know. So, yeah, Pato yeah, Ward did so a very good job in that's, the second That's race. helped McLaren, having someone like Zach Brown there, for sure. Yeah, because also in the news recently as well, if you didn't see this, uh, he made the business decision to uh, lease the ownership of the McLaren headquarters out to a company, which saves them money because now they essentially just rent the building that they're in which yeah. is a bus- business decision that is a very good idea for the team because it gives them more money towards their cars and their racing division and they just pay rent while it's in the art so yeah. you know it's uh, it's a splendid thing that they have done and well with that we have come to the end of the podcast uh, my name is Anthony Reynolds and as always I've been joined by Oliver Cassidy and until next time we'll see you on the grid enjoy Barcelona guys 